Hello everyone, Rurikon here coming at you with another episode of the Frozen Sodium Throne and naturally I am here with Akalon. How are you doing Akalon? Sup bro, I am good and of course welcome to all of the viewers, very happy to have you guys back here once again. Um, there were quite a few people that liked the uh, impromptu mini uh, Frozen Sodium Throne we did during the week. <laughs> <laughs> that was fun. It was a fun yeah, thing. It was. But, but uh, yeah, for those of you that don't know, I was uh, in Echelon stream this uh, Friday. You guys can catch the... You put yeah. the VOD on your channel, right? Where we talked yeah, about... Yeah, um, it's... What, what was Bobby that? Bobby Kotick yeah. and uh, Repu not Reputations. Uh, no, it was yeah, the... Kinda it like was Mr. Vega and uh, Miss Doe and the, 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 another harassment lawsuit over at Blizzard. Yeah. So you guys, yeah. if, if you guys are curious on our take on that, you can catch uh, um, Akalon's VOD on his channel. And I also made a yeah. video about it. So that, that's like done and dust. We're not going to talk about that again. Mm -hmm. So Akalon, you know what happened to me yesterday, dude? It's really what? bad. It's, it's very degenerate. Uh, what, what happened? I was, I was playing World of Warcraft until like one in the morning. <laughs> oh, shit. Why, though? I was like, I wanted to wrap up like the Shadowlands campaign, and it's yeah. so incredibly bad. Like, it's just so bad on so many different levels. And I was just like, and the reason the reason it's bad, it's like it's not even that the story is bad. It was yeah. simply the fact that like there was no order from the moment that I jumped into uh, World of Warcraft was like on Thursday. Up until now, there was no order. The game kind of pushed me towards Zareth Mortis, had me skip Corthia, and uh -huh. I was like, all right, sure, I'll just go in the direction that you're pulling me because I'm just curious where this is going. Then I finished Zareth Mortis, kinda, and when I finished Zareth Mortis, there was like one last quest left with a bar at 64%, which I think means I have to go do world quests there now, and I was like, well, I don't want to do that. So then I was trying, how do, you, how do you get flight in this expansion? And then it's like, go do your Covenant campaign. And I was like, yeah. okay, so I did the Zerus Mortis thing, which has implications for the things that already happened in the Covenant campaign. Now I'm going yeah. back doing the Covenant campaign. And then I, I guess after that, I'll probably go and try and do Corthia. But it's just, it feels so incredibly disjointed. Yeah, like the the whole I narrative mean, gets like jumbled up, and I'm like, none of this makes any sense. At one point yesterday, I was like, I had gone to to talk to Kalia Menethil, I think, because she's doing something yeah. in the Undercity. And during uh -huh. that interaction, they're like, oh, let's go over to the, this place in Maldraxxus where this person's gonna help us. And I'm like, I don't know who this person mm -hmm. is, but sure, I go there. The person helps us, and then the later. Yeah, the Margrave. Send, send something yeah. Margrave. Yeah. And then later I do a quest with Maldraxxus where I helped the Margrave because the Margrave was being frozen by somebody else. And I was like, oh, that's why. So first I help her, then I go help Kalia, and then Kalia asks help from this person that I helped before, except all of these events when I was doing them yeah. <laughs> happened in a random I mean, order. So there's a couple of things that I will say there. Um, and I don't want to wail on World of Warcraft too much. I, I feel like I've I've sort of done that already. Uh, but there's a couple of things that I will say about World of Warcraft lore. At this point, and this is going to be a hot take most likely, I don't mean it to be, but it is just going to be, uh, I think they should remove all of the lore from the game, and they should just 
bring out books, right? Do the same thing Warhammer does. Just Damn. give us just give us five to ten books a year with all of the story. Let me just buy that shit and be done with it. And the reason uh, for this is in the game, there's two things wrong with the questing at the moment. The first is that it is so rushed. You never get quests that allow the lore to just sort of breathe and allow yep. the story to, to unfold in a timely fashion. Everything is rushed. Like you do something and then immediately do another thing and things uh, like problems will start and be concluded so quickly that the problem has almost no real weight. There's just no weight to any of the problems because usually even while questing, you'll solve a problem in a, a matter of an hour. You've solved yep. a massive problem. Say, so, uh, you know, was that really such a big problem? Because they were telling you if we don't solve this, it's the end of fucking Bastion. And then an hour later, I solved it. Was this really going to be like, really? Bastion is so weak that this problem would end it? Holy shit. Right? So that's the first thing. It's so rushed. They, it feels like they just want to get you to the end. They can't spend time really enjoying the lore because they themselves don't give a fuck. And then the other thing is there's no respect for whatever lore there is. Uh, insofar as, you know, yes, I understand that players have been gone for a really long time, but at least make the story, of, uh, like, if it's going to be part of the, the questing experience, so in other words, to unlock things, let that be uh, in order. Yeah. Right? So uh, not optional, but mandatory, and yeah. you have to do it in order. So you, you missed a lot of things. No problem, bro. Go back. Go do all of your Covenant stuff. At least this time around, you don't have to wait. You can do it literally back to back, so you can get that out in about two hours or so. Finish the Covenant quest line, then go to Kothia, finish that quest line, and then, of course, you can go to Zeroth Mortis, and now you can finish that quest line. Yeah, it's and you've done it, you've experienced it in the way that we wanted you to experience it. They're so focused on speeding you along to the latest content, and it's interesting yeah. because we always talk about how every expansion, right, fundamentally kind of, like, deletes the things that came before it from yeah. a content standpoint, right? And they're always in such a rush to get you to the latest thing that even in the current expansion, they're just like pushing yeah. you along. It's like, no, no, don't waste time doing this thing. Go do this the last thing we did. But the thing is, yeah. the last thing they did lasts a couple of hours and then it ends. And it's yeah. like, well, what do I do now? Well, now you do world quests and raids. And, and it's like, mm -hmm. okay, I guess I'll go see about the, these other campaigns and stuff. So I go and I do, yeah. and when I start doing the campaign, it's like, okay, hur hurry up, hurry up. Because in the even in the campaign, they're like rushing you along. It's, it's time to go to Corthia. Go, go to Corthia. It's, it doesn't make any sense to me. It's like, why can't you just yeah. make a cohesive experience that makes sense? It, it seems like they themselves don't respect the quest lines that they've done, which yeah. uh, is, is actually a, a bit of a discussion that I had about World of Warcraft's evergreen systems, which wasn't the, the topic they were planning on starting on, but I might just like get this out of the way now, which was kind mm -hmm. of like, my, my, my thing is, they, they just need to add more things in World of Warcraft that are evergreen. So like when they're planning a system out, instead of planning it in, in a way of like, oh, 
players are going to have to be doing this and grinding this over the course of multiple weeks. So yeah. we need to make sure that this takes long and all of these things. But then we're going to add a catch-up system that's going to let them like skip most of this. It's like, how about you just make the first time that the players go through it be reasonable? And then you don't have to make all of these stupid catch-up systems. Like, you need to understand, I literally went from zero to like 80 renown in like a day. It's yeah. like, <laughs> these are things that took players months to go yep. through. And now I'm just going like, zip. It's like, oh, okay. So again, what is the what is going to be like the 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 motivation for a player to even play when these systems are like super young right which supposedly these aren't being implemented in dragonflight at least i definitely hope not but it's definitely something that they need to take into consideration whenever they do future stuff and wow is like look just make it so that it lasts and don't be constantly thinking about we need to hurry players along gotta gotta get them to the end game super super fast it's it's freaking wild you see, the way I look at it is, and, and I like looking at things from a psychological, but also a philosophical standpoint, because that's oftentimes where you find the truth. Because uh, we can sit here and spout theories all day long, but it is easier when you break it down to its fundamentals and you just look at it rationally. Uh, if you are forced to think about things like catch-up for content that you've designed, then perhaps the content you've designed is problematic to start with. So either you've made a calculated error or a fundamental error in uh, what it encompasses. So in the form of almost all of the previous World of Warcraft expansions from Legion, this would be that all of the systems had to be completed not only on the main character, but also on the alts. And this meant that people that wanted to play alts just eventually would quit because you know you you just leveled your warlock you got your warlock to max level you've done all of the quests for your covenant uh, or for your class order hall you've done all of the unlocks on your azerite weapon and now you're thinking well i I really want to play my mage too but fuck i'm gonna have to do all of this for my mage class order hall and i'm gonna have to unlock the weapon for my mage uh, before i can even start to dream of like leveling right or actually raiding or doing dungeons or whatever the case may be and and that sits like a mountain in front of players um and it's not gotten better it's only gotten worse because at least in legion the class order halls were unique right so at least that was a story that you've never seen before that you now got to play through on another character uh but that's sort of a, a fundamental thing that you irrationally if I'm designing content and I'm immediately forced to think, okay, what does the catch up for this look like? Because I know that players are not going to want to go through this twice. Then maybe the answer should be that players shouldn't be forced to go through it. Yeah, twice. exactly. Right. Like that should be the optimal, like, uh, catch up is that we're not going to force you to go through it again, even at an increased rate. Because it was designed to only be going through to be gone through once, um, and oftentimes you, you know, this is why I said you have to look at this because it creates a sort of circular problem. Because now you're thinking, "Oh my God, I have this brilliant idea for this massive giant endgame storyline," but players are not going to want to go through it. So how do we build a catch up for it? Because you know 
we have to build a catch-up for it. Well, we can't really build a catch-up for it because it's this giant fucking storyline that's going to be like 24 hours or or like it's going to take like a month to complete back-to-back. And it's going to just be jam-packed with voice lines and cutscenes. It's going to be so cool. But we can't really do it because we don't know how to make a catch-up for it. And so yeah. you end up dumbing it down. You you end up taking and saying, well, we'll shave this off, we'll put that in the book. We'll shave this off, we'll put that in the book. If you read the novel, Sylvanas's novel, for example, I, I, I read it. It's a good novel. It's actually a good novel. The problem is that so much that was in that novel should have been in the game. It would have changed, like genuinely speaking, if just the stuff about Zuval that was in the novel was in the game, it would have changed people's perspective. It would have changed my perspective on Shadowlands because they at least gave you insight into how Zuval thinks in uh, the novel, which never came through in the yeah, game. Yeah, doesn't come through in the game at all. Yeah. Yeah, and I can't help but think they cut this because they didn't know if players would want to go through all that story twice. And this is why I constantly come back to the, there's one of two ways to deal with this. Either you go the Final Fantasy route and you say, okay, well, we're going to make it so that you can swap classes on a whim, right? So you choose your race, but you can change your class literally just by going to another class trainer and learning a new class, okay? So you only ever need one character. That's not going to work, especially with how the, the history of all of Warcraft, that's obviously not going to work. Yeah. So the only other option is to say, all right, all story stuff, all stuff that's going to take a shit ton of time and isn't going to be good when you go through it a second time, that needs to be optional. It can never be mandatory. It, I think it, it should be account-wide, though, because the problem then is you go into an alt, because like it just being mm -hmm. optional, a lot of stuff is optional. Like You do threats, Threads of Fate, and there's a lot of stuff just becomes completely optional, like the campaign itself became optional, right? But I mm -hmm. think that it should just be account wide because you go into an alt and it's like, well, now I don't have any of the progress that I've made on my main and it makes it harder for you to just yeah, but, connect with that character, I feel like. Yeah, but you see what I mean with it should be optional is nothing should be locked behind it that players might possibly need. So in other words, yeah, if your main went with the storyline, so it's let's say it's mandatory for your first character, right? So, but let's say the storyline unlocks a dungeon. Well, that dungeon is now, so it is account-wide, but it's optional on all second characters. Yeah. That's probably, that's what I meant, actually, is that on alts, it's a completely optional thing. Like, you can go to Corfia and you can do all the Corfia stuff on your alt without even touching the Covenant stuff. But um, I was, I was actually remembering myself of one thing when you were talking about the, um, the cutscenes. So here's an interesting thing. You know how... Whenever you have an in-engine cutscene in World of Warcraft, usually the characters are going like, "Yeah, that's you know, cool." Like that, the, 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 basically for those of you in the that are watching audio only, like I just like open my mouth in the most contorted ways imaginable, which is kind of like yeah, the mouth talk. looks like they're fucking nuts. It looks like yeah. they're chewing the largest candy yeah, 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 I've yeah. ever seen in my life. Kind so. Of thing. Here's something that I wasn't aware of because, you know, I started doing all of these quests and eventually I got to some in-engine cutscenes where they actually do appear to have motion capture and they do have lip syncing in-engine. Did you yeah. know this? Yeah, yeah. So I spoke to Terran 
this was months ago when Terrence still spoke to me. Um, you know, before I called Blizzard one of the worst companies in the history of gaming. Um, who's who's Terran? Terran Gregory, the guy who literally created the in-game cutscenes. Uh, they got new technology when it comes to in-game cutscenes, which now provides them with... So previously, they would do it very similarly to how the Machinima guys did it. So the Machinima guys, the tools that they used was pretty much what Terran Gregory and those guys used as well. Um, because a lot of the characters weren't designed to have those incredibly accurate facial like movements and stuff. And so they got new technology that now gives them the ability to basically have the characters pronounce words and have the face move the way that it would. So it's sort of like an AI technology um, that superimposes uh, the characters. So yeah, it, it also makes it faster for them. That's why they can push out so many more cutscenes now is because it's much faster than what it used to be. Because in the past, and this is literally... Uh, when I spoke to Terran, he was like, yeah, we literally had to design it frame by frame. Like frame by frame, we have to sit there and plot the entire fucking thing, the movement, the movement, everything has to be plotted. Now, the it sort of does it itself. You just kind of have to write the logic for it, and it will do everything on its own. So it's really cool, and it opens up the floor for a lot more to happen there. Right. Yeah, I'm I'm um, hoping to see some better cutscenes for sure in in um, yeah in Dragonflight using that technology because I wasn't aware that they had actually advanced the technology to that level because I wasn't following like oh cutscene technology in World of Warcraft I just assumed we were always going to have the contorted mouth going like <laughs> that type yeah. of thing. This is speculation on my part because I've never actually been told this, but I think the technology may have actually been developed. For Boulder, uh, for Diablo Four and Overwatch Two, because Overwatch Two, with when its PVE stuff comes out, is going to have a lot of dialogue and in-game cutscenes and stuff like that. And Diablo is obviously going to have a shit ton of it. So I think the technologies were actually designed for that. But since the cinematics department of World of Warcraft is the cinematics department for Blizzard, they don't every game. Well, actually. About six months ago, World of Warcraft got its very own cinematic department. Uh, Terran used to be the lead for Blizzard cinematics. He's now the lead for World of Warcraft cinematics. So it seems like uh, they're going to give every single team, like every single game, its own team of cinematic developers. Mm. Um, th that's cool. I think World of Warcraft has some of, has some of the best in-game cinematics in the gaming industry. The cinematics are really cool. They're really epic. And they work as a, a vehicle for telling the story. Again, I just wish that they would be less intrusive sometimes, especially on a fucking alt. You know, when yeah. I, I remember going uh, on my warrior, going through Bastion, and there's that moment where you have to help the, the fucking bitch clean up the forge, right? And she's going through this massive fucking in-game dialogue cutscene thing while you're cleaning up the forge and then you clean up the forge but then you're still waiting for her to finish her fucking speaking and you're like oh for the love of cunt can i just move on for the love of holy yeah. things i just want to do this i know what but this is let me just fucking finish this i, w I was just surprised particularly like because i hadn't really watched the the taranda cutscene of her fighting sylvanas and like just the animation quality on some of those cutscenes actually surprised me because i was yeah. not used to seeing 
like wow cutscenes with so much uh you know detail and actual it's yeah. just again it just looks good and i'm not used to having that type of animation quality on a world of warcraft cutscene and you gotta yeah. you gotta call out the good with the bad you know is, is is all i'm saying you gotta keep somewhat of a balanced approach like not not everything is like super fucking terrible like the game is in a terrible fucking state but there there are definitely yeah. some departments in there that are doing some interesting things and you know the art department has always been the ones that are hard carrying the goddamn game so it's not surprising yeah. that they would be the ones to carry this as well but of course speaking of balanced uh takes i think we have to talk about the most spicy thing on the internet Oof. in the last 24 hours oh uh, to the audience uh trigger warning this is going to divide the room <laughs> uh <laughs> I, I actually don't even think that the two of us are going to agree, which uh, is fine because I think no. that it's always it's always nice to have like um, you know opposing opinions because the truth yeah. is, some, is always going to be somewhere in the middle or sometimes absolutely. Opposed, but it's it's good to have debate basically. But like obviously we're yeah. talking about the amaranth situation. Uh, I, bec yeah. I actually became aware of this. I, I think it was like three hours after it happened, something like that, oh, because. Yeah? Yeah, I was I was streaming, and someone in my chat was talking about another topic that we're going to bring up, which is the Bayonetta situation. So I go on Twitter, and I noticed that because uh, people were saying, oh yeah, Bayonetta was trending. So I very rarely look at the Twitter trending uh, tab, but I looked yeah. at it because I was looking for the Bayonetta trending thing, and I'm like, oh, Bayonetta's not trending, but Amaranth is. And I was like, oh, what has she done now? So I go and yeah. I click on it. And I see all of these clips where she's crying. She's on this call with uh, her husband because, like, listen, anyone who thought that this woman wasn't having sex and was keeping herself pure just for you, like, I, <laughs> listen, I, have, I, I don't have one bridge to sell. Uh, listen, I have about 10 bridges to sell you, okay? One of them's on the moon. Another one's on yeah. Mars. One of them's Brandy in another basement. galaxy. Like, bro, I have so many bridges to sell you. If you thought that Amaranth was not having sex with somebody that I can't even like that, that's neither here nor there. I mean, you know, it's whatever, but it's just, to me, I find it. One of the things that I find really stupid in this situation is that there were people who actually still believe in this whole thing where well, I'm going to give her so much money that she's going to like me and we're going to live together. We're going to have babies like bro. That was never going to happen. Okay. That, that's just, it's yeah. just never going to be. A she doesn't even know you exist. Let's be fair. Pretty she much. She doesn't even know you exist. Um, unless you gift tier threes on a regular occasion, then she might remember your name a little bit, but either way, yeah. regardless of that, it's like that what what ends up happening is turns out that her whole business was being run by her husband and she doesn't even want to do the whole hot tub meta uh she doesn't really want to do the overly sexy streams or whatever this is just yeah. her husband kind of like pushing her to do it to because you know it's a financially sound move because you can yeah, make a, a lot of money effectively yeah, that that's that that was exactly what I said. I was like, "That's not a husband. That's a pimp." It's, it's like yeah. you're basically like pimping out your wife. And fundamentally, she went along with it because it's a good business decision. But apparently, dude was like a fucking slave driver. She would like she wanted to take breaks. She wanted to go see her horses because apparently she's got like horses in a ranch or something. And why wouldn't she? She's rich. Yeah, exactly. All but rich people have horses for some reason. There's one thing that you can know about fucking rich people: they have horses and they play golf. The two most boring things in the fucking she, world rich people will do. Does she play golf? I, I don't. I don't. 
She probably that. does. Like but, all the rich people, like it's a it's a rule. Yeah. I don't make the rules, but as soon as your bank account reaches a certain size, you have to go buy some golf fucking clubs or some shit, but, and then hit balls with sticks for some fucking reason. I don't know. Yeah. But anyway, so according according to what was said during that stream, like it's an incredibly toxic relationship, and she even puts him on on a call. And the dude just sounds like the most insecure person in the whole fucking world, like throwing a fucking hissy fit over something that she didn't listen to, which is like just wild in and of itself. Because you always wonder, like, how is, how is, how is, has she even been, become attracted to this completely insecure individual that like just screams at her for no reason? Like, I don't understand why she would tolerate this to begin with, but obviously that is the nature of toxic relationships you don't know how bad it is unless you are involved in one and yeah. uh you know basically she talked about this and she talked about how her husband was apparently threatening to ruin her career and he was going to tweet out all of these nasty things which in a way i think is one of the reasons why she was airing it out because like well if you're going to do that shit i'm just going to live stream the whole thing and then i'll have proof against any like false accusations that you make against me. I think that might've been yeah. why it might've been a cry for help. I don't know if it's true or not at the end of the day. And I'm not claiming that it's fake. There's a lot of people saying that it's staged. It's fake. It's all this. That's not what I'm saying. All I'm saying is that I hope she's safe somewhere away from the, the dipshit, the, the unsecure asshole, which according to her also has a small dick. Because, of course, that's always yeah. the one thing that needs to come up is like, oh, you have a small dick anyway. But anyway, yeah. fundamentally, my whole take on this thing is I just hope that she's safe because it doesn't matter if you don't like her. It doesn't matter if you don't like her content. At the end of the day, you shouldn't want to see somebody get hurt. And if what was shown on that stream is true, you shouldn't wish that upon anyone because a toxic relationship like that will fuck up your psyche in more ways yeah. than one. And you can cl and you can say something like, "Oh, but she's rich." It's like, well, clearly if this is true, money isn't everything. But yeah. Well, the the thing is the whole Okay, so I'll I'll attack this in in multiple Attack. Steps. First and foremost, the people that's saying uh they uh, she's rich who gives a fuck. Look, money is a great thing. Yeah. But if you think bad things don't happen to rich people, you're fucking insane. Yeah. Bad things happen to people. That's period. And all people experience bad things exactly the same. They have the same reactions to it. Um, they 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 feel sad. They they hate that these bad things are happening. So just the, right right off the bat, I want to say that's a stupid take from anyone that fucking has that take. Uh, as for the moments, now I haven't watched the call yet. I'll probably do so on live stream later. <laughs> Uh, I haven't watched any of this shit. I I spent yesterday playing Do uh, Dragon Age Inquisition, and uh, when I finally logged off, uh, I it was just before bed, and I saw like just my Twitter blowing the fuck up with everyone talking about this. Then uh, like Twitch drama, and it's like uh, that, and also the the whole ad incentive thing uh, that yeah. people were talking about, and. Um, I was like, dudes, what the fuck happened? Like, I take one day off to play Dragon Age and the world burns down. Why the fuck do I not know about this? And so you let me know on Discord what happened and a bunch of people let me know that this was happening. I'll say the following. If all of this is true, then that guy is a fucking asshole. And I feel very, very sorry for Amaranth. 
for having go, gone through this. I don't give a fuck if you don't like her content. I don't yeah. give a fuck if you think that she's a slut or if you think that, you know, she abuses her viewers for money. You're probably right about all of those things, but here's the truth. Even if that's true, it does not justify the behavior of her husband. It doesn't. It, it, it can never do that. That being said, I think the reason, because there's this whole movement now of people saying, oh my God, Ming don't believe Amaranth. They're so fucking evil, you know, whatever the case might be. And it's sort of like this thing of, hold on, hold on. There's been enough wolf crying in the in recent memory. Like over the last three or four years and over the last two Me Too movements, we have had people crying wolf. People like coming out with these obnoxiously horrible stories of shit that had happened to them. And then it turns out to be patently false. They, it, all of it just falls apart. You have people like Pro Jared, for example, who oh, yeah. his entire career was ruined because of someone making up a story. No, the, you know, someone, he was he was able yeah? to make a comeback. He was able to come back from it because he had the receipts. Yeah, but how how many years was he fucking out? Like it took a yeah. long time for him to get his life back effectively. And I think his wife even left him, or he had marital problems and shit as a result of false claims made against him. So when guys go, hmm, really? It's your fault. It's the girls who... So let me let me put this to you guys in this way. Pokimane uh, made a tweet, right, where she said, um, you know, the amount of females coming out in support for Amaranth, smiley face, versus the amount of males coming out for uh, in support of Amaranth, frowny face. And I was like, wait a second you do realize that you are part of the reason why so many guys don't believe these stories when they come out and why so many people go, mm, I'll wait and see if this is actually true. Because you did the exact same thing with that fucking, what was that thing called? Uh, it was one of the guys from offline TV, like a that, while back. Was, you're talking about the Fedmeister drama? The Fedmeister drama. Now, I'm not saying that Fedmeister didn't do a whole lot of fucked up shit. Oh, he but did. when we finally got all of the receipts from Pokimane, it was very clear that she was leading him on. Like, she was telling him to come to her bedroom. She was telling him that her door is unlocked and she was sending him all of these lovey-dovey tweets and then saying with words, yeah, but you know, I was just sending those things because I was scared of him. See, like, wait, I mean, if you tell a guy I don't, I don't in the middle know of the night about this, but that 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 sounds pretty fucked up. <laughs> well, she, she would claim that you know he thought that their relationship was more than just friends, and sort of like, well, if you text a guy in the middle of the fucking night, telling him that your door is unlocked and you feel alone, yeah. If if she if she did that, like again, I don't know enough about this story, but if she did that, yeah, that's pretty fucked up. Like, there's no. I mean. Fedmeister did take things like once she called it off, that's when he turned into an asshole. But there was a lead up and she wanted to pretend like she was completely innocent. When she first came out with these stories, she was blaming him for everything and saying that she constantly told him, please stop, don't fucking do it. And, uh, you know, he just kept coming on to her and whatnot. And I'm like, you know that you're the reason we don't believe these stories. So someone like Amaranth, who may legitimately be a victim, uh, is gonna go through a lot of guys that go mm, really, yeah. Really, it, it, it's like at at the end of the day, when it comes to those types of situations, there's always going to be people that are increasingly skeptical simply due to the fact that again, 
this is why whenever something happens, it's important to always get all the facts straight. Because unfortunately, there have been a lot of lies in situations like this in the past. So it's understandable that a lot of people are skeptical. Yeah. I just approach There's- it from a from a point of where it's like, I'm not going to flat out say, oh, the shit is staged, the shit is fake. My point is almost, it's going to instantly be, get her to safety, and then we worry about what the facts are. First, get her to safety. First, I want to just know, is she safe? Is she good? Is she, like, taken yeah. care of? Whatever. Then we look at the facts. That That's that's the way that all of these things need to go. But, you, you see, know, for from, me... From the call... Mm-hmm. Because I've heard the call. From the call, it's like, for starters, if it's fake, it's really fucking weird. Because, like, for that to be staged, I don't think it makes a whole lot of business sense. Uh, because fundamentally, you're, like, you're you're ruining the kind of, like, the, the business model. Because now you know that she's not single. Now I know she's been fucking somebody else while everybody thought that she was single. So that kind of, like, is going to take a mm-hmm. lot of the simp money away to begin with. And... um so it doesn't seem like she would have like a business reason to do that. Sure, she'll be viral for a couple of days or whatever. But fundamentally, I don't think it would be a good business move. So to say that it's staged, it's it's a little bit hard. And then on top of it, just like the shit that is discussed in that particular phone call, the DMs that are shown, yeah. It, yeah. It, it just paints this picture that this dude is just like a complete fucking, just like absolute uh, insecure dude that is just like super controlling like you understand they're they're like texts that he sent her where dude Mm -hmm. just like types out freaking 20 texts in a row because she didn't reply back to him while she was streaming and when i'm talking about 20 texts i'm not talking about him just being obsessive i'm talking about the dude threatening like i'm giving away 500k to charity i'm gonna burn all our money down and it's like dude it's your money too like it's weird so like Jesus. this dude is completely fucking unhinged. You see, my thing with this is so I'm gonna play a little bit of devil's advocate here and, and let me just explain how I look at this. I'm right there with you. I want her to be safe, I want her to be taken care of. Uh and then we can start looking at the facts. But I do reserve the right. So this is why I won't come out in full support for Amaranth until I've I've been convinced. Now it could happen if I listen to the call today and I'm like, oh shit, I'm convinced that this is actually what happened. Uh, because I haven't watched the call yet. I haven't seen the call yet. I'm in the camp of let's see. Now, the problem here, and and just to sort of put this, she's obviously going to get a divorce, right? <clears throat> so oh, yeah. because I don't think this is going to play out in them getting back and, together. And here, here's the thing. If she doesn't get a divorce then now we'll be more inclined to be like, okay, so it was bullshit. Because, yeah. like, after, the, after the, the shit that went down, like, if she mm-hmm. doesn't get a divorce, then I don't believe that it wasn't bullshit, basically. Like, there's no way but that you're going to, oh, we salvaged the relationship. It's like, no, 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 no. What I've seen, all this. there's no salvaging that, all right? Is it, there's yeah. no salvaging that, dude. That that motherfucker's unhinged, and if the, all of that mm-hmm. shit that came out is true, that motherfucker needs to go to jail. Like that that's the yeah, level of see, what we're seeing. But you see, this is where uh, this is where the business decision comes in. It puts her in the limelight. It gives her, and this is me playing devil's advocate. So I want to be clear. I'm not saying this is what actually happened, but if this was a business move, it's a business move of. First and foremost, it gives her a lot of publicity, so a lot of new people are seeing her. 
a lot of men are now looking at her going, oh my God, she's hot. She's fragile. I can now fix her. I'll move in. I can fix <laughs> oh, her, right? No. I can make her life better. And she she's obviously going to see a massive rise in subscribers as a result of this. She's probably going to make even more money on OnlyFans, even though she is already, I think she is actually the highest paid OnlyFans model in the world. Um, I, I, Yeah, I'm actually quite convinced of that, quite certain of Dude. that. So she makes so much money already, and she's going to make more as a result of this. Here's, here's the thing. I don't know if she's going to make more in result of this, because, like, trust me, if you go on Twitter and you look up Amaranth and you just, like, start looking through some of the horrible takes, where a lot of people, what they're, what they're saying, and this is just like, bro, like, what the fuck? What a lot of people are saying is like, oh, you should refund your fans. It's like, <laughs> What? That's your concern right now? It's like, hey, excuse me. I want a refund. I thought you were single. It's like, what are these takes, bro? What are you yeah, doing? But like, get some self-respect. Yeah, Jesus. but this is the thing. Those people are so pathetic that yes. that's not going to make them unsub. They're, they're still going to support her because they're going to forgive her because they're that pathetic. Um, they, they can't help themselves. This is just the nature of it. To the point that you made that I just quickly want to talk about, you said you don't even know how she ended up with a guy like that. It's easy. I think she's like that IRL. If you look at Amaranth, if you've ever seen her in interviews and stuff, she's incredibly shy. She doesn't seem to be very comfortable. Uh, and from what I know, and this is just based on goals that I know in my in my life. Uh, and I know a few goals IRL that do OnlyFans. And one thing that is clear to me from the goals who do OnlyFans is that all of them are usually very shy, not very self-assured, doesn't have the highest self-esteem. And then they use something like OnlyFans in order to build some kind of self-esteem, some kind of self-image which is a false self-image because your self-image isn't actually built by men getting fucking hard because they see you. Uh, it has to be about more than that because as a person, you're not just a pair of tits, right? Um, but that's usually what I see. I don't see the goals that I know that are self-assured and fucking do whatever the fuck they want and just go for life, right? They're not afraid of jack shit. Whenever I ask them about stuff like OnlyFans, they're like, hell no. I would never do that because they don't need that. They don't need that in order to um, solidify their opinion of themselves. They know who they are already. And that would be them giving something away that they feel may need to work for, right? They, they feel like if a man wants to see me naked, he's going to fucking work for it. He's not just going to get that shit for $5 or whatever. Um, so... I, I can see why she would date a guy like that because it it's sort of in line with who she is as well. She would probably not date. And also, this is a, I would love to get your opinion on this. I've been wondering quite a bit about the kind of guy that would date a girl that does OnlyFans, right? Um, would a balanced ordinary stand-up guy actually be okay with his goal doing OnlyFans? I think that depends on... I mean, 
it's it's hard to make because like look there's no such thing as like a scale where we can just like rate people okay this person's a, a one this person's like 10 in terms of like you know someone's uh, mentalities and approach on life like everybody has different outlooks onto every different thing the way that i would look at it, it is like look it's fundamentally the woman's decision which it doesn't seem like it's the case here because according to what she said she said like i wanted to tell people that i was married she mm -hmm. actually says she actually said that during the stream like she just wanted to reveal that she was married as opposed to constantly faking this whole thing or making it ambiguous or whatever not really revealing yeah. the the nature of her um relationship but it's like to me when it comes to those situations about only fans or whatnot i think it is entirely up to the woman and then when it comes to the guy it's entirely up to his tolerance of those things like some guys are going to be okay yeah. with it some guys are not going to be okay with it fundamentally the way that i look at it is like i would prefer it if if i was in a relationship with someone who was doing only fans i would prefer that they didn't do only fans but fundamentally, it is the woman's decision whether or not they wish to do OnlyFans. And if I was really in love with this woman, then I would be like, well, I mean, if you want to do it, you know, go follow your dreams. Go do whatever you want. I'd rather you didn't, but, you know. You see, for me, it's sort of that... I can... I, I, of course, it's a girl's decision, right? I don't think it's the right decision. I don't think girls should do it. Um, if you don't mind people seeing you naked, of course, do whatever you want. I have a friend who I've told numerous times, you should start on OnlyFans. You fucking, you would make bank on OnlyFans. People would fucking love seeing you on OnlyFans. Uh, she and her husband are perfectly fine with the idea of it. I, I, she hasn't done it yet. But, you know, I don't mind when people do OnlyFans. I just, I don't know how healthy it is uh, at the oh, end it's, of the day. Oh, it's but, like, in my opinion, it is definitely unhealthy. Like, I don't, yeah, I, don't I, I should just, I don't think I it's good for your mental. But, but then again, it's like, even just doing what we do, like creating content mm -hmm. and all of, you know, just streaming and stuff, it is fundamentally yeah. unhealthy. And it's not even just because some yeah. people will be like, oh, because of the comments and all that stuff. Listen, the comments, it, at least in, in my personal situation, the comments are the mm. least thing. Like, I can take a lot of abuse in comments. It doesn't bother me one yeah. thing. The most toxic thing is actually the the demands of the platforms themselves and the algorithms and all of this shit and the yeah. amount of time that you have to dedicate to it. That is the really unhealthy part. Then you also have the unhealthy part in the comments, which I believe that from that aspect, like I can't even imagine the type of comments that Amaranth gets. There's probably like shit like death threats and whatnot. And especially now with people finding yeah. out that she's like single, not, I mean, uh, that she's uh, married. There's going to be so many death threats like, oh, you fucking, you fucking scammed me for money. It's like, yeah. it's not like she promised she was going to have sex with you. Chill out, bro. <laughs> you know? But so yeah. the thing is, the reason I, I was willing to tell my friend, yeah, go for it, you know, make an OnlyFans. I knew from the beginning, if she did, it would be lewd. It wouldn't be nude, right? Yeah. She wanted to do cosplay and just have it be a little bit more risque, um, which is art as far as I'm concerned. So that's why I was like, yeah, you should do it. You'll make a fucking killing. Um, I, I, I agree with you. I think it's incredibly harmful. But at the same time, what you just said there, it's not like she promised you to have sex. She kind of did. 
right? That's what? the whole business model of most OnlyFans. Uh, so I was watching a girl who used to be an OnlyFans model who stopped doing OnlyFans exactly because of this. The whole business model on OnlyFans is that promise of something more. It's basically taking the parasocial relationship to the next level. Now, I always love listening to streamers going, oh my God, fuck the parasocial relationship. You guys should know better. You shouldn't be. And then they make their money off of that exact thing because parasocial relationship is why streamers make money. If people didn't feel like you were their friend, they wouldn't give you money. It's as simple as that. They support you because they like hanging out with you. And it's sort of, it's part of the industry. OnlyFans takes that to the next level in terms of if you give me enough money, I may just be willing to do more with you than just this is why um, I saw a screenshot of uh, it, it, the guy took a screenshot of like five or six girls and their bios on OnlyFans. And it's like, you know, if you tip enough, we can do one-on-one -on -one calls. And if you tip enough, I'll do specialized videos for you and stuff like that. So it is sort of biting the guy into giving more money and more money will give you more access. So it creates that feedback loop where if I give enough money, I might just do it. And one of the most, uh, and I'll, I think, I'll end with I this. think that's a delusion, dude. Like I, I, here's, it, I, it's I, a, go ahead, just, just finish your thought and then I'll, I'll, I'll. I just want to say it's a delusion that is created by the creator. The creator builds that into the product because that's how they sell and that's how they make millions of dollars off of OnlyFans. But one of the most brilliant marketing schemes I've ever seen in my life came from Belle Delphine. Uh, she was on a podcast with, um, I can't remember who the fuck she was on with, but they asked her, have you ever met or fallen in love with one of your supporters on OnlyFans? Now, keep in mind that Baldolphine is in a committed relationship. She's been in a committed relationship for, I think, three or four years. She actually came out a couple of months, uh, like six, seven months ago, and she admitted, yes, I'm in a committed relationship. And she starts telling the story of there was this guy that would constantly tip. He would always pay for all of her videos and all of her pictures. And he was just, he was like the top tipper on her chain, on her channel. And you know, he would always tip and then ask her questions. They would chat and it wouldn't be like all of the other guys. He would actually chat about nice things and she would chat back to him. And eventually she was the one who started to harass him with like text messages and wanting to talk to him and wanting to talk to him and wanting to talk to him and wanting to, him and wanting to meet him. And she was just head over heels for this guy. Um, I mean, he left for a few months and she felt like, oh my God, what the fuck did I do wrong? And he came back and he was like, oh, uh, work started interfering. Um, and eventually, she says, it didn't go anywhere. But, you know, she, so yes, she, it's not off the table. She will absolutely date uh, one of her followers. And I listened to this and I was like, no, you wouldn't. This is fake. This entire story is fake. Because you've hit all of the things you want in that story. You've made sure that you tell all of your followers if I pay enough, oh, she will fall in love with damn. me, right? That this is, is the thing. That's the marketing behind this. I need to sell myself, but I need to create that possibility that there could be more because that's how I get you to pay for more. 
I think that's going to, you know, that's going to be something that's going to vary from streamer to streamer. Some streamers will do definitely do some shit like that. But <clears throat> I think a lot of them, at least from my interpretation, because again, I don't really consume this type of content. It's just like whenever something happens, I see it on Twitter and I see the news and I see the videos and whatnot. Yeah. But like the vibe that I get is that most of them, they try to keep it professional. It's just mm -hmm. people take it too far and they don't necessarily discourage that behavior. You know, that's the thing. Yeah, but they, don't, that's, I mean, they don't discourage the behavior, but some of yeah. them don't necessarily encourage it either. It's just a byproduct and they know that they can make some money. You see, but it's so. that discouragement that creates the sort of illusion of there could be more. The lack of discouragement. Yeah, yeah. The, yeah. Well, yeah, the fact that they don't go in and say, listen, you're no, that's, that's I am never going to date you. You yeah. pay me. And I show you nude photos, but there's never going to be anything more. If more girls did this on OnlyFans, their pages would die, yeah, uh, quite literally. Because guys would be like, oh, well, what the fuck's my point for being here? I can see porn for free online, like, right? It, let me, let me just have to pay for it. Let me just put it like this. And the intention here is not to torpedo streamers' business models or whatever, but it's like, look, if you are paying... For somebody online, whether it's a sub, whether it's whatever, and you're maybe getting access to nudes or whatever, the chances of you actually being in a relationship with this person are like less than 1%. Okay. I, I just want yeah. people to, at the very least, be aware of this. Because, like, I feel like there's a lot of young men out there that are still not aware of this, that actually still believe that, like, oh, I work hard and I keep giving them my money. And it's like, yeah. dude, that, that, listen, that's just straight up not going to happen. It's just straight up. You're you're the pathetic guy that funds her lifestyle. You're not yeah, much. the guy <clears throat> that she's going to end up dating. Now, I feel like this is not necessarily the truth for girls and male content creators. Because you hear very often about... Uh, so PewDiePie, for example, he met his wife, girlfriend back then, now wife, through making content. She was one of his viewers, and she reached out to him in an email... Destiny with Melina also made because of his content. So I feel like male content creators are far more likely to date and maybe end up marrying their female viewers. It's not the same for females. And there's probably a reason for that. And that is there's an inherent risk for a female content creator when she, if she were ever to agree to meet one of her male viewers, yep. it's that thing of what kind of guy is this? I know nothing about him outside of the fact that he gives me money, which yep. could, in theory, make him feel like he deserves a little bit more, right? And that's going to be a very bad fucking night for me. So I'm not even going to put myself in that position. And it's like, I know, I know of situations that I've seen like actually in real life from like big donators and female streamers, but out of respect mm -hmm. for the female streamers who are my friends, I, I'm not going to be talking about this, but yeah. let me just say that when you have some of those big donators, sometimes some of them are, some of those guys are actually just like straight up fucking absolute abusive douchebags that when, yeah. well, then when they do meet up in real life, uh, let's just say that it got to a point where some, me and a couple of dudes that we were all in a meetup and some, with some female streamer friends. And it got to a point where we we're considering like, do we need to give this motherfucker a beat down? And we didn't do it because this, she went like, no, listen, this dude pays my rent. 
Okay. Just like, and, and it's like, it just felt like so fucking weird, dude. I was just like, bro, yeah. this is a fucked I'll, up situation. Like I felt dirty, you know, but it's like, yeah. Hey, I got, I got to respect what she says, but I like me mm-hmm. and a lot of people that were with me. And in this is one situation. Like I actually was like, mm-hmm. dude, I feel fucking dirty. Just even watching this. Like, what the fuck is this? It See, disgusting. I'll, I'll put it this way. If you had the ability IRL to get a girl like Amaranth, you wouldn't be supporting Amaranth online. Yes. You wouldn't need to because you have Amaranth IRL. Why yes. the fuck would you need to pay to see Alinity or Amaranth but, online? But um, to wrap up the Amaranth situation, fundamentally, one you know, our I think our most our most basic thing is like, look, we just want her to be fine, just like. Put her safe. Whether whether it's yeah. real, whether it's fake, whether none of this bullshit even fucking matters. Get her to safety. Just, yeah, get her to safety. Get her to safety. The moment she's safety, then we can talk about validity and whatever. I'm much more inclined to believe that she was in an abusive relationship with an extremely insecure dude who's a fucking complete and absolute monster. That's what I'm inclined to believe at this point with the shit that I've seen so far. But regardless of all that, get that woman to safety because that stream also ended in a very strange fucking way with like a fucking door opening behind her. And then she just goes offline and it was, it was weird. It was fucking, yeah. The, 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 there's actually more to this that it's like when you see it, cause I know you haven't seen it yet, but there's a lot of shit to mm. this. Like she's talking to someone who people are saying was her personal assistant. Her personal assistant is asking about medication, which is weird. It's like, did you take your meds today or something like that? And it's like, that is weird. And then a door opens and the stream ends, which is yeah. it's like a very eerie way of ending it. That's why a lot of people are concerned. They're like, get that woman to safety. So get her to safety after she's safe. Then we can talk about the whole situation yeah. and whatnot. But yeah, that's. Yeah, uh, I'm willing to leave it there. That's the about- Amaranth situation. But um, yeah. anyway, so another situation that was developing, like I said, which was when I became aware of the Amaranth situation was the Bayonetta situation. And. This is really weird. So I don't know how much you know about Bayonet. I don't know if you've played Bayonet or not. This is. Uh, do you know no. about Platinum Games at all? The the company that. Okay. So I I know about the game, right? I've seen yeah. the game before. It's not my type of game, but I've seen it. Yeah. So Bayonetta is. Uh, is that that? That's not New New York or whatever the fuck. That's not the same. No, that's company. it's not near. No, it's not near. Near is Square Enix, Bay- but um, Platinum Games did do near Automata. So that's my maybe why you're I making that played, association. I played it's near Automata once. Yeah. It's that girl with the sort of very short skirt and blonde hair. Short Not blonde, blonde hair. white hair. Yeah, white hair. With it yes. jumps around and... Yeah, and I played like Katana. five minutes of that yeah, and yeah, got yeah. bored as fuck. Oh, God. So, yeah, Dude, near is so that. good. You are missing out. But anyways, the, the whole thing <laughs> is... So... Um, th- this, this is actually a genre that I kind of feel like Total Biscuit coined the... The, the genre description that I tend to use, which is a spectacle fighter. That's what Platinum Game does, spectacle fighters, which is over-the-top games that just like do crazy, ridiculous shit. Like, to give you an idea, in Bayonetta 2, to set the stage, in Bayonetta 2, when the game starts, there's literally a jet plane cu- coming to crash down directly on Bayonetta, and she fucking kicks it into the air. Right? This is the type Jesus. of game. She kicks the jet plane into the air, then she jumps okay. and fucking surfs on top of the jet plane, and they're fighting Close. monsters on top of the jet plane. This is the type of game that we're talking about, all right? And this is the all shit right. that Platinum Games does 
excellently. Like they're masters at doing this over the top shit. Other examples are like Vanquish, Metal Gear Rising, um, and and there are more. There's a bunch of games that these guys have done. And I used to yeah. be a huge fan of platinum games. Like pretty much if a game was had platinum games involved in it, I would be like full steam ahead. Let's fucking go. I love platinum games. Amazing. Yeah. In the last couple of years, I've been a little bit. I've been a little bit more cautious about platinum games and I'll tell you why, but first let's talk about this Bayonetta situation. So that was just to introduce you like Bayonetta, really cool game. Uh, and there's a voice actress who is the voice of Bayonetta, incredibly recognizable. So like even when I heard the videos, cause she made some Twitter videos talking about the situation, I instantly recognized her voice. That's how recognizable the Bayonetta voice is because I like Bayonetta. So um, what happened was, this this woman came out and she made uh, three videos talking about the Bayonetta situation because she's not going to be voicing Bayonetta in Bayonetta 3. And she was explaining why that was. She was like, I'm not going to be voicing Bayonetta on Bayonetta 3. And the reasoning is because the offer they gave me was insulting. So she said they actually gave her an even lower offer. They had her audition for the role, which is because people's voices change over time. So they wanted to make sure it still fit what they wanted to do. So they had her audition for the role. She didn't reveal the initial value that they, they sent her, but she was like not happy. It was very, very low. So she sent a letter to this guy, Hideki Kamiya. She had somebody translate it to Japanese for her. Hideki Kamiya is like one of the big uh, wigs over at Platinum Games. She sent her a letter. And um, Hideki Kamiya replied back and said, oh, it was magical the first time I heard your voice as Bayonetta. So therefore, we're going to revise our offer and we're going to offer you $4,000, one flat fee for doing the voiceover for the full game. And it's important to remember, people, you're talking about a game that's probably going to be like, I don't know, friggin' anywhere between 10 to 20 hours long, depending on how fast you play through it. That's usually the duration of a Bayonetta game, maybe shorter. Again, depends on how good you are, difficulty, all that shit. But like, a game of those amount of hours and the flat fee of $4,000 for the protagonist <laughs> that names the game, that doesn't seem like a lot of money to me. I don't, I don't know about no. anybody else. Doesn't seem like a lot of money. And no. it's, it's, it's like voice actors in general are in a situation where I feel like they are extremely underpaid to begin with, unless you're like Troy Baker or Nolan North. Because those are two of like the most paid voice actors. There's obviously some other voice actors, uh, female voice actors as well that do more. But it's like, you know, like they're criminally underpaid. You might be wondering, well, why? Because a lot of times what companies will do, they'll just go to people who will be willing to voice shit for free. Because there's a bunch of people that will voice it for free or voice it for less or all of this stuff. Which is, you know, that generates a situation for voice actors where they're like, well, fuck. Now nobody wants to pay us. But like $4,000 is very, very little for, for something yeah. like this. And interestingly really enough, is. interestingly enough, like they're getting Jennifer Hale to voice Bayonetta instead, which I don't think that Jennifer Hale would take an offer of $4,000 for voicing the entire game. I don't think that makes no. a lot of sense because Jennifer Hale, she's voiced like other kids. She's, she's Femshep, to give you an idea. And uh, that's good she, voice actress, actually. Yeah, Kino and Shepard was very good. Yeah, and and she 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 has a lot of other projects. I don't know all of them off the top of my head, but I know that I've played a bunch of games that Jennifer Hale has been involved with. Um, 
And it's just like, um, I, it's a weird situation where Platinum Games is just like offering very low pay for this job for the original voice actress of Bayonetta. And it yeah. doesn't make a lot of sense why that is. And so this, this lady, she goes on Twitter, she talks about the situation and tells fans to boycott the game. And it's like, I don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> you know, no. I, I think it's unreasonable for you to expect that just like, hey, they swapped voice actresses. This isn't fair. Boycott this game. I don't think that's going to happen. I understand why she's doing it. She's probably frustrated and all of that. But uh, yeah, it, it's pretty fucked up. Like, I, I want to get your initial take and then I want to talk a little bit more about Platinum Games. Uh, you see, my thing immediately is, okay, so I know that most voice actors, and we're talking professional voice actors here working with professional studios, get actually paid a fuck ton because it's one of the most expensive parts of anything. Uh, if you're making a cinematic or an animatic or even an animation film, one of the most expensive parts of that is the voice acting. But that's because most professional companies realize how important it is to get good voice actors. Because just because someone's a good actor doesn't automatically make them a good voice actor. And just because someone can speak doesn't make them a good voice actor. There's a... It's very difficult. Voice acting is incredibly difficult because you have to act without your body. All you have is your voice. So your voice has to relay all emotion, which can be really, really difficult. Uh, this is why people in the World of Warcraft space, for example, have so much love for Patty uh, Matson and for Josh um, with, you know, Anduin and Sylvanas and that voice actors and Jaina because they're so incredibly good. Uh, so it, it seems like just from what you've told me, the fact that they got Haley, um, Jennifer Haley, uh, we obviously wouldn't do it for $4,000. There's no way. Uh, she she's reasonably well known in the gaming industry, so there's a good chance that she's got a lot of gaming stuff on the way, and maybe have done a, a lot of gaming stuff. So unless this is sort of like a passion project for her, so she loves Bayonetta, Bayonetta so much that she would do it for four thousand, I doubt. So what what's more likely is that they had her read for the Bayonetta three. Initially, they kind of liked her. And then the more they listen to her audi uh, audition, they're like, oh, well, we do not. We think we want to go with someone else. We don't know if she's good enough. And then maybe that's why that offer came through. Because they wanted her to say no. They wanted her to step away from it uh, because it would look better than them going. We're not going with her for the third one. Because right? if you're not going with the third one, fans are immediately going to be like, what the fuck? Because it's quite daunting. I'll say this much. It's incredibly daunting when you hear the same character have two different voices. It's very strange because you're like, uh, what the fuck? Uh, this, this is not the same. So it might just be that this was orchestrated by them. Because no, nothing else makes sense here. Doesn't make sense that they would offer her four thousand. She says no, and then they go to Jennifer Haley, and she's obviously not doing it for four thousand. And they go, "Yeah, sure, we'll pay you ten thousand or something." Because usually it's by the hour. Just FYI, they they will charge it's between either by four the and ten thousand per hour, or by the or by the session. 
Yeah, know. by the station, by the hour, or by the day is less used, but it can be yeah. used sometimes. Uh, the reason they do buy the station by the hour or by the day is a lot of times, and I had a, I have a friend who does voice acting, uh, and sometimes, in South Africa at least, uh, for a long time, voice acting was they'll pay you for the entirety of the thing, but then they'll they'll want you to be there every single day. And then some days you're there, but you have zero, or you have one line. for like You literally go in for like half an hour, record your one line, like you have to do it like 12 times and then eventually they'll choose the best one to put yeah. into the, the, the film. Uh, you'll have one line, but you have to be there for a whole of the day because they're paying you to be on set and to do the thing. Um, so a lot of people demand per session payment. That means that you're only going to get me in there when I'm actually needed there so that I can do other things because a lot of these guys will have three or four projects that they're yeah. working on at the same time. Um, so yeah, it doesn't make sense that they're like nothing about the story makes fucking yeah, sense. Exactly. And and here's the here's where I come in with the Platinum Games thing that I was telling you, which is I used to be massive fans of Platinum Games and in the last couple of years I've come around on that and I'm I'm much more cautious about their titles cuz they've had titles where, you know, they've done like some some games that you can tell, okay, so you're just doing this to kind of like keep the lights up where you can tell that yep. they didn't put in the same amount of effort. And I'm like, okay, that's fine. You know, you do a couple mm -hmm. of titles here and there where you have to, like, keep the lights up. You're not going to be as quality as something like a Bayonetta or a Vanquish or some of the other higher quality titles that you've done. That's fine. Yeah. The problem is that then you have a situation where uh, Platinum Games was supposed to do a game that, by the way, is the only reason why I ever bought an Xbox One, which was a game called Scalebound. They were working on that with Microsoft, and I was super excited. Yeah. Like, listen... You need to understand, I was in the room uh, at Gamescom with Hideki Kamiya making a presentation and I saw the game run. So like I know the game was like there and I was like, yeah. dude, this game looks awesome. I think it'll be amazing. That game got canceled by Microsoft. Like Microsoft just yeah. like, no, fuck this. We're done. We're not going to do this game. And at the time I was super pissed off at Microsoft. I was like, man, fuck you guys. You guys fucking suck. Can't believe you would cancel this game. And then it's yeah. like another thing happened where after they canceled that game, I was following Platinum Games to see what they were working on, other projects and stuff. I became aware they were working on this other game called Grand Blue Fantasy, which is a, a mobile game. But the Grand Blue Fantasy they were working on was going to be like a console game. It was going to be something similar to Genshin Impact, which I don't know where Project Relink is at this point, which this is the name of the game. But basically, yeah. Platinum Games was involved in it, so I was like, yes, this is going to be awesome because they do amazing combat, blah, blah, blah. Couple of, a couple of months pass around, and uh, the company that was working with Platinum Games, they were called Psy Games, they released a statement saying, uh, blah, 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 something, something, we're no longer working with Platinum Games. And I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. So Microsoft doesn't want to work with them. Psy Games doesn't want to work with them. No, no, no. There's something going on in this fucking studio yeah. that you guys keep fucking shit up. Like, 100%. Yeah. You just keep fucking it up. And mm -hmm. what I've seen recently of Bayonetta 3, I kid you not, every trailer that I watch for the game makes me want to play the game less. The character looks completely different than she did in the previous mm -hmm. games. I don't know why. Uh, the initial presentations were very... PG, which in case you aren't aware, the whole concept of Bayonetta is that her entire outfit is comprised of her hair. 
So her hair is what covers her whole body. So when she's really okay. going all out, because she's she uses naked. her she uses her hair to like punch it. She's not naked, but she's very much like super exposed, right? So, and that's like the whole concept. Then the the first couple of trailers you see for third for Ben at a three, she's like going all out while still being fully clothed, and I'm like. That, and it's like, this is not something that I even care that much about in video games. I'm just like, this doesn't make sense for the character that you created. Like, you created yeah. this character. And apparently that's because there's like some PG mode in the game or whatever. And it's like, I don't I don't need this stuff in video games. It's just, this is the concept that they created for this character. And then when they yeah. try to walk it back, it feels like, this is very artificial. Like, what the fuck are you doing? This is not what yeah. this character is. And then the character's face looks completely different to me. Like I've talked about this in streams. I'm like, bro, this looks nothing like Bayonetta. I don't know who the fuck designed the character. Like from one to two, you can clearly see this is the same character. Two is kind of like a natural evolution. In three, mm -hmm. I'm just like, that's not Bayonetta. Like, I don't know who the fuck that is. It's not Bayonetta. And it's not about the voice either. It's just like looking at the character herself in yeah. the game. The expressions the character makes don't make any fucking sense. So I don't know, dude. Every trailer that I watch for the game, I'm like, I, I don't think I need to play this one. I think I'm good, which is yeah. weird. But, I and, mean, then, and then you have this situation with a voice actress like, what the fuck is going on at Platinum Games? It's weird. You see, it's not just Platinum Games. It's basically everything. I just saw literally before we started, uh, the director that did Splinter Cell Remake or that's working on Splinter Cell Remake for Ubisoft have left Ubisoft after 11 years. You have all of the old guard leaving Activision Blizzard. You have EA old guard. Uh, for example, the previous president of Bioware and one of the previous lead uh, game developers uh, for Bioware left Bioware. You have all of these people, like developers and other companies, unwilling to work with AAA studios because of this just new push for bullshit that no one actually gives a shit about. And we're not even talking about social issues. We're talking about this push for ever more engagement or this push for ever more cosmetics or this push for ever increasing prices or... Uh, you know, whatever it is, it just, it seems like the gaming industry in a way is imploding with everyone jumping ship and going off to do their own things. Uh, and then you have a company like Platinum Games, which clearly has something going on. Either, you know, uh, there's, there's no one that actually leads the company at the moment. And that's why these companies are pulling out. So it might be that Microsoft's like, dude, Nothing's happening. You guys have had how many months now or how many years now to develop this and the game isn't anywhere near done. We're just going to pull the plug. Um, you know, and then you had the, this other company also pull the plug, perhaps for the same reason. It seems like it's just chaos at Platinum, especially with yeah. this, where they don't offer the voice act, the original voice actor enough money. She then says, okay, fuck it, I'm going. And then they offer another voice actress, uh, like probably a lot of money. And say, uh, what it's, the it's, fuck it's is going so, on? It's so incredibly weird. And a couple of months ago, um, Hideki Kamiya was like on Twitter saying, oh yeah, we'd love to go back to Scalebound. And then he, he literally in an interview said, let's do it together, Phil. And I'm just like, let's do it together. Shut the fuck. Like, dude, when I saw that, I was like, bro, shut the fuck. What are you talking about? Let's do it together, Phil. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah, right, bro. Let's do it together, my foot. This is like <laughs> They might... 
it is possible that they're in financial straits. Oh, uh, they definitely like. Listen, pla- you know, you know what game Platinum Games did that you might have heard yeah. of recently. You heard of a game called Babylon's Fall? I heard of it. Yeah. Yeah, that was them. Wow. Okay, so <laughs> they're not doing great. No, not at all. That I mean, might the, actually be the only reason they're doing Bayonetta three to begin with is because Nintendo's fronting the cash. Bayonetta two is never even going to exist if it wasn't for Nintendo. That's the only reason See, they're doing Bayonetta. So there's a good chance that this company, the reason they offered her so little money is because they don't actually have money. I mean, when she finally stepped out, maybe Nintendo stepped in and said, look, we'll give you more money. Just get a proper fucking voice actress and do this. Um, they, it, It's possible. I, I actually, know, now that I've you're thinking that about that, a, that, that, that does sound like it's likely sort of like, you fucking idiots, you, you, you offered how much? <laughs> I imagine like a Nintendo exec having a meeting with Kamiya going like, wait, you offered this actress how much? You absolute <laughs> fucking barbarians. What is wrong with you? I, I know there's a lot of gaming companies right now that is losing money hand over fist. Uh, that is struggling because there's a lot of gaming companies that went the same direction as Platinum Games, where it's basically just bring things out to keep bread on on the table, right? That's it. Like, just keep fucking releasing games. Whether it's good or not, doesn't really matter. We're just in the process of making as many games as possible. And it backfired because a company trades on its goodwill, on its name. If EA brings out a game, I am immediately sort of going, hmm, Really? Am I yeah, going to exactly. play this? I'm not entirely sure. When CD Projekt Red brings out a game prior to CD Projekt Red's failure of Cyberpunk 2077, but before Cyberpunk 2077, when I heard that they're working on Cyberpunk 2077, I was like, yeah, f- take my money, bro. Tell me yeah. where to fucking pre-order. I'm ready. Because the CD Projekt Red, and even now after Cyberpunk 2077, looking at how they actually fixed the game and made sure that it's perfect, I'm still, this is a company that I'm happy to give my money to. From Software is another company that I'm happy to give my money to. Because I know that when they work on a title, it's going to be fucking good. You know that it's going to be good. Um, And then there's just this slew. Ubisoft, whenever Ubisoft announces a new game, I'm like... Bro, yeah, who gives a fuck, bro? I, it's, it's like Ubisoft is so beyond dead for me. They're so beyond yep. dead. Every time somebody even brings up Assassin's Creed, I'm like, bro, don't even. Like, there's actual people that keep telling me, oh, Rukan, you got to play Valhalla. And I'm like, motherfucker, after Assassin's Creed Odyssey, they need to make like the best game in the world for me to even fucking consider ever playing anything they ever do again. Yeah, fuck I'm no, I'm personally in in a camp of, I think that I don't think there's anything wrong with Valhalla. I don't think there's anything wrong with Origins or with Odyssey. Here's what I, I think, think there's is a lot wrong, wrong with, it. with those games. No, I'll explain to you why I think it's wrong. The Assassin's Creed bit. If you remove the Assassin's Creed bit, yeah, it's good open world games. Nothing wrong with it. Mm. The fact that it's Assassin's Creed. I'm not an assassin. I'm a fucking Viking. What are you talking about? Like, assassins are about the dark and shadows and fucking assassinating people. Not a fucking Viking with axes running around fucking butchering people. That's not assassins. Cr- hey, what assassin? They were going what like, this, this God of War game's really good, dude. Let's make one of <laughs> yeah. those. 
Let's make the fucking God of War game. It's fine if you want to do God of War, but they don't call it Assassin's Creed. Assassins is Assassins for a very specific Any, reason. Anyway. And I had so much lore behind it as well. Just just to finish that fucking thought. Dude, the Assassin's Assassin's Creed 1, 2, and 3 were so good. Assassin's like, Creed 2 in particular. So fucking good. Assassin's Creed yeah, 2. The yeah, the ATO story. Yeah, the ATO story was super fucking amazing. And then they just ruined it. But anyways, fuck it. Let's move on before yeah. I lose my mind with <laughs> So um, next up, we have a, a topic that is uh, very interesting, which is uh, there's, this, uh, there's these dudes called G4TV, and they uh, were making a big comeback. They were making a big I think yeah. it was in 2020. They were like, oh, we're going to make a big comeback. We're going to get I'm, all, the, I'm so excited all of the original hosts. G4. Yeah, dude. So excited to watch G4, man. I can't wait. When's it starting? I, uh, it's it's ending. Fuck. It, had, it, had, it had already started. You you missed it. <laughs> yeah. Well, what do you expect? It's, like, it, it, was it was always going to end. Yeah. It, it's like they were they were trying to come back uh, with their old kind of like old business model that they had and and mm. whatnot like oh let's do it's like tv but it's, except it's video games and they're bringing back all of these shows it's like i never watched too much g4 tv to be completely honest it, it was just like no, not really that. my thing but um i think that one of the major reasons why they completely imploded is because i think that they were doing okay with uh, when they started and when they started doing their shows and shit but then came the frost arc which I'm not sure if you're familiar with that. The the lady that just had a fucking just had this this dire need to call every single person that was watching the channel a fucking misogynist. Like it's, I was just like, why would yeah. you just straight up insult your entire audience? Especially when she's like, Oh, these these hostess were not here to be nice in the eyes for you and shit like that. When I think that there was literally clips of previous G4 shows of like the hostess mm -hmm. taking off her bra and shit and doing like yeah, all yeah, kinds yeah. of they, all they kinds of six, loot shit. They they make six hours, yeah, yeah, tons, tons of fucking loot shit back in G4 TV. Which again, I only became aware of because of this situation because I didn't consume that much G4 TV. But some of the shit yeah. that I watched that people collected from over the years, like it was raunchy as fuck. And yeah. so for Frost to get on her fucking high horse and start going like, this isn't about sex, this isn't about blah, blah, blah. You're all just like yeah. sexist and, and misogynist and blah, 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 blah. And you don't like me because I'm not hot. And then you go back and you watch some of her takes where she was saying shit like, oh, PlayStation is dead. And it's like, because you're talking yeah. about the height where you, you know, the height of the launch of the PlayStation 5 with tons of fucking exclusives and all of the, just like PlayStation has no exclusives and people are going like. Rename. It what? has a lot, actually. Yeah, I mean, um, so, so, and she was then saying that, oh, Xbox has all the exclusives. And I'm just like, this, this make this makes no fucking sense whatsoever. And so she thinks that people didn't like her because she's not hot. In reality, people didn't like her because she had no fucking clue about anything that was going on yeah. in gaming at any point. So she, I first learned about Frosk when she co-hosted or was one of the analysts on League of Legends, Alice, the the European League of Legends Championships. Um, she was 
by far one of the worst analysts on the LEC. She would consistently like highlight things that was completely useless or wrong. She would read wrong. Like she was just a terrible fucking analyst. So when she left, I was happy. And it has nothing to do with the fact that, you know, don't like women. It has to do with the fact that she's just fucking terrible. Because uh, there's guys on the LEC that I also can't fucking stand. Yep. So it has nothing to do with male or female. It has to do with if you're a good analyst, great. If you're a bad analyst, go fuck yourself. You're supposed to know the game that you're talking about. But I think Frost did a couple of things wrong. I agree with you, number one. Why would you go to your actual base? And I want to be clear on this because a lot of people love fudging the numbers. When you ask people, listen here, what is the balance between men and women in video games? People will go, oh, it's 50-50 <laughs> because that's what the official count says. The official count says that because of mobile games. If you include mobile games in the industry, then it's 50-50. If you only look at PC and console, which would be the major markets for G4, it is heavily skewed towards men. Men play more games on PC and console than women do. Um, so here's the thing. You go out and you call the men that's supposed to make your channel fucking pop, you call them insults and fucking uh, like pigs and shit. All right. I don't think they're going to watch you if that's your stance on them. Why would they watch a program that just basically tells them to go fuck themselves? Uh, and then it got worse because that was actually the worst part for me. I, I could sort of accept that and I wouldn't even care. It's when she explained how they do their reviews and she's like, the there are guys or people who test the games who then write the scripts and they then just sit there and read the scripts. So, you know, when you say that, oh, this guy's take was so much better than her take, it's the same guy that wrote the script for both people. So it's clearly just a sexist thing. And, and that was sort of a look behind the veil. Because, is it, wait, 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 you guys are presenters on a gaming show, yet you don't play the games you review it's weird uh, like yeah. how the fuck can you review a game just someone gave you a script there's no passion there and by the way when it, you were when you were talking about the um kind of like the breakdown of uh male versus female audience like let me tell you on the channel where this video is getting uploaded the male audience is 94.9 percent yep. female audience is 5.1 percent <laughs> I think my channel is even worse than that. Let me just see. But I think oh, my channel no, is actually and worse. There's than now that. a third there's now a third one. User specified. 0.1%. Yeah, but that's okay. always gonna be very low. Yeah. Uh let me just see here, right? So if I go analytics and I go audience and I go down, uh overall my, uh, female four point eight percent, male ninety-five point two percent, user specified zero percent. I am winning. I have more females than you. <laughs> oh, yeah. You, you, uh, I get all the clearly, ladies. Yeah, you clearly get all the ladies. Um, <laughs> I also have zero people between 13 and 17 years old watching my channel. 
Oh, I, I already um, closed the analytics. I can't watch that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, so the thing is, right, if I were to suddenly pop off and tell all men how fucked up they are and how evil they are and how full of crap they are and how bullshit they are, I am going to lose a large part of my audience because 95% of my fucking audience is the main that I'm now bad-mouthing. Which is not great, and definitely not something you should do. It's not a good business model. They not just, to, they not just to mention that. that there's there's quite simply the fact that I don't think it's true that like this big majority of people are fucking sexist, misogynist pigs. I I, I fundamentally no. do not believe that a majority of the people that were watching G four are terrible fuck like yeah there are trolls there's trolls in every community the problem is they're loud as fuck and people have this illusion that there's actually thousands upon thousands of them when the reality is no there's not thousands upon the there's probably like 10 maybe a hundred people that are like really really nasty in in an audience of like a hundred thousand or something like that it's like they're they're so small but for so, yeah. they make so much noise that everybody believes, oh my God, everybody's so toxic. Like, my, Jesus, fuck. My problem with that take, with the take that men are misogynistic, is I see it increasingly whenever a man even thinks of uh, like disagreeing with a woman or calling out a woman for something that she does, suddenly he's a misogynistic pig. Yeah. It's like, wait a second, that's not... That's not how that works. It's not a be-all, catch-all term for anyone that disagrees with you. Misogynist, being a true misogynist is a really bad thing. It is a really bad thing to be. Yeah. It's not when you disagree with a fucking woman. That's not how that works. It's, again, the whole thing where people will just, like, throw out everything under the book the moment that they don't agree with you, and that basically takes power away from a lot of those words. Yeah. Because, like, nowadays, whenever I hear somebody being called a misogynist, my brain automatically barely even registers it because people use it for literally everything. Like, if I was... Well, my first thought, usually when someone calls someone a misogynist, I'm like, based. (laughs) <laughs> I'm probably fucking based. Uh, yeah, see, that's like, a problem. <laughs> yeah, you see that that's because, a problem because like, people people if you're overuse, really a misogynist. That's a problem. Yeah, people overuse these words nowadays, and they they yeah. lose all semblance of meaning. It's like no, you should you need to understand that when you use a word like misogynist, it should have a fucking impact. You shouldn't just throw it out because yeah. someone didn't like something that a woman said at some point. Like that, that that's not that's not it, the same thing. Like misogyny is a little bit to, more exaggerated. Yeah, it goes back to exactly the discussion we had around Amaranth, where if if the girls that come out with fake stories that make stuff up just to get the limelight, they're doing so much harm, and it pisses yeah. me off because it destroys the ability for actual, actual victims, victims to step forward yeah. and for us to go, what the fuck? That's, yeah, exactly. by the way... I had someone uh, disagree with me in DMs about the story about uh, the lawsuit with Blizzard, right? And I told you before the show starts even, the reason I believe that woman is because she went through the right channels. We didn't find out because she made a a twit longer on Twitter. We found out because journalists actually did their job and they found the court documents of this woman fucking suing Blizzard. She's All going through the proper channels. Yeah, that that's how yeah. you're like, okay, this is the proper way of but And I immediately and believe her. We're getting I am, I am at this point going like 
I want to see Vega's response to this. Yes. He needs to defend himself because I believe that this girl went through what she went through. Uh, but so many false claims come out that whenever someone goes on Twitter or Twitch and, and claims something, you're almost immediately like, ah, fuck it. Yeah. And that's the Frost thing as well. If you yeah, keep and, and calling people misogynist, you're going to ruin it. And, and here's the thing. As it turns out, this Frost person turns out to be a real character. She's like a really nice person because... Uh, in large part, in my opinion, in large part due to her outburst, which caused them to lose massive amounts of profits over the fact that people are just like, well, very well, you don't want my business, I'm going to go elsewhere, fuck you guys. I'll leave then, yeah. Um, and, and then they they're basically their audience started dipping like a motherfucker. And then as this is happening, naturally, what are the, what are the companies are going to do? They contract and they downsize. So they started downsizing and they fired a bunch of, of her coworkers. And you know what this lovely lady did? She yeah. goes on to Twitter and posts, I survived, bitch, because she didn't get fired. So she's like, I survived. Let's play some video games. And I was like, bro. So like, she's dancing on the graves what of the, the people that lost I, their jobs. Like when I saw that, I was like, what the actual fuck? What is wrong with you? Like at that That's point, it's disgusting. not even just about like. Okay, you can have terrible takes, whatever. Do whatever the fuck you want. You can call every man under the sun a fucking misogynist, prick, and asshole, blah, 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 whatever. Yeah. You can do all of those things, but like have some fucking common decency for a bunch of people whose livelihoods are getting fucking uprooted because they're getting fired in large part yep. on account of your fucking little outburst, and then you don't get fired, and you go like, I survived. Let's play some video games. What a fucking asshole, dude. Dude, that is just, that see, is disgusting. And That's see, this is the problem. Disgusting. This is the problem now, because somebody's going to hear me say that, and they're going to like, Rurik on such a fucking misogynist, bro. Look at him fucking railing on Frost. And it's like, woo, hot damn. Yeah, I'm, I'm railing on a really bad person. Yes. That's it. She yes. is a fucking shit person. End of discussion. She's just a shit person. Anyways, um, G4 TV is ending. Uh, that's it. Nah, that's good news for everyone. <laughs> no one gave a fuck, and it's finally off the air. Uh, so good news all around. Uh, anyway. I just I feel like the, the even if she didn't do it, I think G four would have died anyways. It's just I don't old know. school stuff. I feel like in the modern era, content creators like proper content creators have kind of taken the spot, uh, like the spotlight from old school sort of. Because we used to have this in South Africa as well, these channel or these like shows on TV that would for an hour highlight technology and all that shit. These days, like I can just follow someone like Jay's Two Saints or Steve from Gamers Nexus or Linus Tech Tips, and I can get all the technology I fucking want, right at at my fingertips. I can literally just Google. I don't. Yeah, have you to don't wait. have to. You don't have to wait it for to show up on. Yeah, TV, I don't, yeah. I don't have to wait for a fucking show that comes up and maybe they're going to talk about the thing that I care about. I just type in the game that I want to know about and I see like a shit ton of reviewers that's talking about the game that I want to know about. So I feel like the, the time has come for, and this just shows you Comcast is also so out of touch. Do you think, yeah. oh, we'll bring back G4 because people really loved it back in the day. Yeah, back in the fucking day, motherfucker. We didn't, when we didn't know what the internet was. <laughs> like, Jesus. Uh, <laughs> So yeah, it, it, it's kind of funny to me, but at the same time, you know, kind of sucks is what it people, is. It kind of sucks for the people that lost their jobs because there were a lot of people yeah. actually working on the project, and that fucking blows. 
All right, we're about 90 minutes into the podcast, so I think it's about yep. time we go into lightning round for the last couple of topics. There's only really like three topics left, so we can expand a little bit more, but let's not uh, devolve into like huge rants. To be honest, there's not all that much to talk about with these anyways. I think the first one's kind of like the most top-loaded one, and it is Overwatch 2. Because of course, yeah. Overwatch Two just can't—it just can't be one week without fucking itself no. over, like repeatedly. There has to be some Blizzard drama, right? Every always, week. every single it, time. It, it wouldn't be a normal year. It wouldn't be 2022 where the whole world is getting fucked without Blizzard also adding to the bullshit. <laughs> so as it turns out, Overwatch Two is uh, obviously it has a free-to-play model, as we all know. I haven't been playing Overwatch Two because, to be honest, it's it's like it's just Overwatch One all over again. I don't really understand yeah. what kind of like what the point is. It's just it's Overwatch One, but with a battle pass is the way that I look at it. And as it yeah. turns out, there's obviously an in-game store. This was to be expected. They sell you skins yep. and things like this. Now, the thing that I personally wasn't aware of is the fact that there's a certain amount of coins that you can get. Now, if you remember, most free-to-play games, they have some way to, for you to accrue currency that you can then spend on the store to get things. And yeah. in the case of Overwatch 2, you can get 60 Overwatch coins a week uh, by doing a multitude of activities, which I suspect probably takes a considerable amount of hours because whenever you have these types of things, they tend to be pretty um, engaging in a bad yes. way. Um, yes. and so, uh, you can get 60 coins a week. And so how, if you can get 60 coins a week, how much do you mm -hmm. think that like a, a normal basic bitch skin would cost? Cause like, you know, you have those skins that are a little bit more involved and then you have those skins uh -huh. that are basically like a little palette swap, right? How yeah, much yeah. would a basic bitch palette swap cost when you can only get 60 coins a week? Um, so my preferred method of looking at things like this, if you're going to let people earn coins in-game for purchases like this, uh, I usually look at things, anything you want to buy that is just bog standard, so standard weapon skins, things like that, I usually believe should not take longer than a month to unlock, especially if it's not power items. As soon as you go over a month, that's where I sort of start going, wait, you're asking people to make an incredible fucking commitment here. And I don't necessarily agree with that level of commitment being being pushed. Uh, so I would argue, probably in the realm of four coins, if you can get 60 a week, it should be 240 coins. That, that's a, a good metric. Now, of course, they'll probably amp it up to like that. 300 coins. So, so you're you're thinking like in terms of like about a month's worth of work, right? Yeah, I think you should take about a month in order to do stuff. How about why we quadruple that? Three months? No, quadruple it. Four. Yeah. Four months. Actually, it's more than that because it's sixteen point six, so it's actually seventeen weeks. So it's four months in a week, technically speaking, in order for you to get. A basic bitch palette swap skin. That's what we're talking about here. 1,000 Overwatch coins. Fantastic, is it not? Dude, four months is sickening. I mean, four <laughs> months is, it's sick. 
Imagine, now, imagine just like, like think, think of it like this. You know, uh, Torbjorn's got a red armor, and you're just like, bro, I want Torbjorn in a white armor. I think Torbjorn looks so good in a white armor. Okay, four that'll be four later. months. <laughs> to, see, change, the, to change Torbjorn's color. You see, it's disgusting. It is yeah. absolutely disgusting. Now, just to be clear, right? Uh, the article also goes on, and yes, me and Rurikon were doing a bit of a bet there. Yeah. Because um, I knew beforehand we both rate the article. The article goes further. Insane. But I do stand by my, it should take no more than a month to get a box standard skin. For like epic skins that change voice lines and change all sorts of shit. Yeah, I can probably be sold on a two, three month commitment for something like that. Because you are working towards like a truly fucking epic skin. But just the recolor should, especially in a game where you can't even see your fucking character. Yes. You know, it's th- for that other skin people to should see. Be, yeah, it's for other people. It's not even for you, right? But here's what really pisses me off it's not even that just how long it's going to take you, it's that these skins, even the basic ones, are on rotation in the store. That's in other words, thing, you yeah. can't just buy them whenever the fuck you want. You have to hope that this week that you finally have all of your points is the week that your preferred item is going to get into the store. Now, I'll tell you why they're doing this. Oh. It's because if you've saved up for a month, right, and now you have enough because you want to buy your basic skin. Actually, you've saved up for four months. You have enough to buy your basic skin. That week, your skin is not in the shop. But maybe there's another skin that you now see and you go, fuck, I have this these points. I really want to, because these points are now burning a hole in your fucking pocket, right? I really want to buy something, and this is really cool skin. I'll just buy this one because I need a skin. I don't want to look like a fucking pleb playing the game, because this, by the way, is how these games are designed. Yep. The community will start putting pressure on you to buy skins because you see everyone else wearing skins and you, you want to differentiate yourself a little bit, so you start doing it. But now you have to play another four months for the original skin skin that you actually wanted. So they're basically banking on the idea of you're going to spend four months, you're going to spend another four months, and all of this is actually designed to get you to finally go, fuck it, I'll just buy the goddamn skin in the shop. right? I'll just buy the goddamn skin. Why is it so fucking hard for these companies? And to be clear, I don't mind that Blizzard is selling cosmetics in the store. It's a free-to-play game. It's perfectly fine. They have to make their money somehow. But League of Legends is a free-to-play game. They have cosmetics in their store. Their cosmetics are always available. Always. If there is a skin in League of Legends, you can buy it whenever the fuck you feel like it. You can't buy it by playing the game, though. That's the way Riot's business model is set up. All cosmetics can only be bought with dollars. If you want to buy champions, those are bought with in-game currency. Uh, but cosmetics are money only. Weren't you able to... I, I don't know. It's been a long time since I played League. I thought you could also buy skins with uh, some of the points back in the day. But I don't know. I back in the wrong. day... Back in the day, you couldn't at all. Now, I don't know how the newest system for League works, just to be clear. I know that it's still not on rotation. The article itself also yeah, references yeah, yeah. that there's no rotation for it. But the way, like, there was a way to get skins in the game by playing the game. It's by every time you play, you have the opportunity to get either a key or a box, right? Oh, now, right, right. And then you can, 
Yeah. yeah, once you have three keys, you can open the box, and inside the box there might be skins. Well, there's almost always skins, but sometimes it's ward skins, other times it's champion skins. Uh, and those can be anything. So it's kind of like a loot box, but it does exist like purely as a if you play enough you could unlock it this way uh but again it's just for skins champions uh they even have this thing every week where you can unlock discounts uh like you have this list of things that you click on and then it unlocks discounts on different champions so if you do want to buy a bunch of champ if you want to buy a champion just wait for the discount on the champion and then you can buy it with in-game currency um why is that not a good system Riot makes a shit ton of money. Riot makes eight hundred million dollars per quarter. It's like I don't. I've I've gotten to a point where <clears throat> most of the most of the times I'm even like, oh, it's free to play. I don't think I'm that interested in it anymore. Like I start losing interest because these business models are just so incredibly predatory nowadays that it's like, eh, whatever. But um, you know, it is lightning round. We're gonna we're gonna move on. That's yeah. the Overwatch two thing. Let us uh, know what you guys think of the Overwatch thing. In the yeah, let, let us know in the comments. Um, so the next one is Final Fantasy 14 patch 6.25 dropping tomorrow or maybe today, depending on how fast I'm able to turn this video around. It's basically on Tuesday. Uh, yep. And that patch is going to be bringing with it Savage Dungeons. Well, Savage Dungeon. It's one Savage Dungeon, an extreme dungeon. Uh -huh. It's variant and criterion dungeons. That is going to be awesome. There's also uh, the... Um, the relic weapons, which required you to do the Hildebrand quest. So there's going to be a new relic weapons. That's going to be a massive grind for everyone involved. It's a massive grind that's going to span multiple patches. And guess, guess what? Even though there's like a very small catch-up system, there's nothing like in line with what you get on like World of Warcraft. I was like, hey, you want this weapon, you're going to have to grind. It's just that simple. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they love the grinds, right? Uh, all of their like super weapons are always a grind fest and they're okay with that. And I, I don't, I just want to be clear. I don't mind that MMOs must have a, a, a specific set of grind. That's yeah. what makes MMOs fun. And also because it would be unattainable for any game company to always bring out new content. If you have an MMO that's always online, it's not possible to make it always online, and there's also every day you log in, there's content that you've never seen before. But one of the it's things not possible. To develop one of the things that, that I like, I like about grinding in fourteen is that usually the goals are attainable in a reasonable amount of time. There's very rare, yeah. Like there are some things that take a really long time, but like usually they're attainable in a reasonable amount of time, and you can just like grind it out and get the thing that you want, and boom, you're done. It's not about like oh. <clears throat> the RNG gods are, need to be with me or something like that. I'll give you a good example in World of Warcraft of grind that I actually enjoyed doing. Uh, beads way back in the day in a grand in TBC. Uh, the ogres that you kill would drop these necklaces and you would hand in these necklaces in order to get reputation. Every ogre dropped a necklace. It wasn't like, uh, you know, kill 10, maybe get one. It was kill one, get one. It's a one-on-one -on -one ratio. It took a lot of ogre kills like i killed thousands of ogres in order to get to exalted but i did it it's fun you're you put something on the second monitor you're watching a movie or whatever and you just spam kill fucking ogres that's fine 
when I usually start losing interest is when the grind becomes RNG. So you need to kill a thousand, but it could also be ten thousand. It really depends on the drop rate. That's when I usually go, Jesus, I don't know if I want to do it because I'm usually the guy with the fucking bad luck that has to do it 20,000 times in order to get the item. So if you want to have a goal and you want to have the grind, make sure that the goal is set. So in other words, you want me to kill a thousand of these things. So I have to stand in this area and kill a thousand of these things. I know what I'm working towards. Every single kill counts. No problem. We're good to go. Uh, so yeah, if that is how Final Fantasy's grind work for these weapons, it's it's an MMO. They must have a grind of some kind, and that's fine with me. I mean, it, you don't always... And unfortunately, it's not like that for a lot of the relic weapons, I'm sorry to say. A lot of times you have to kill <sighs> shit, and the drop rate is not guaranteed. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, I, I fucking hate that. I hate that, because you, you can be one of those unlucky cunts that just do not get the drops. No, because they, just doesn't happen. the thing is, they give you a bunch of activities that you can do, and usually... Uh, you'll you'll just get it by just playing the game. So you don't have to like, oh, I need to dedicate myself to this. I mean, it depends. Some some um, some relic grants have been one way. Some have been the other. Like I've actually, yeah. uh, I think it was either yesterday or the day. No, I think it was the day before yesterday. I mm -hmm. actually got all of the paladin relics, all of them. I was like, yes, wow. this is what I wanted. All the paladin nice. relics. I've achieved this. It's mine. Nice. Uh, I haven't even logged into Final Fantasy in about three months. So. I know that you have a lot of fans that are worried. Like they're like, "Come on, Echelon, come play Dude, some Final Fantasy." The viewers, 14, bro. The viewers really want me to play Final Fantasy, but they're rabid about it, dude. Like, wh where did I'm you busy end up? With in, other things. You ended up in Stormblood, right? Yeah, I have two patches left before I bro, go to Shadowbringers. You're like so close to Shadowbringers. No wonder people want to. It's like, dude. It's like you've been edging them. And then you just stop. <laughs> You've been edging everybody into Stormblood. And you're like, okay, guys, it's almost there. And then you I stop. Promise, oh I my promise God. it's not by design. It's just a case of it's a hundred percent intentional. He's manipulating other you. games that I want to play. Oh, like true. I'm really into Dragon Age right now. I really want to play Dragon Age. Um so yeah, it it, yeah. it sucks, but that's it the is truth. what it is. Anyway, yeah. moving on, just just be aware that patch is landing. If you are uh, looking forward to Relic Weapons, that is this week. If you're looking forward for the Savage Dungeon, that is also this week. And I think that there's a couple of more things that I haven't really talked about, but whatever. Uh, anyway, moving onwards, we have the Metaverse. Oh, yeah. It's oh, time. yes. The time I'm has so come, Akalon. Let's jump into the metaverse right now. Mark Zuckerberg Bro, is coming through with all of the headsets you can possibly imagine. He's going to put you in, in virtual reality in the metaverse. Don't you want to be in the yeah. metaverse? To be fair, though, I mean, it's a brand new idea that no one has ever thought. Well, Wait. I think there. Ah, I think that might not be true. Um, there was another... I, maybe this have died. No, it hasn't actually. Second World used to second be life. like Second Life. Actually, used to be like this, right? Yes. Actually, come to think of it, the metaverse, World of Warcraft, is a metaverse. A metaverse. Final Fantasy is a metaverse. Yes. So really, it's actually, not a new idea. When I when I was when we were talking about this, I looked it up. I think that 
this is what I think. I'm not 100% sure, but I think that you want to know what the most successful metaverse is from my interpretation. Let's see if you can guess it. What do you think is the most successful metaverse? Oh, fuck, I don't know. Like, Jesus, I have no idea. Switch? Fucking Roblox, bro, with 50-something oh, yeah. million users. Yeah, but Roblox is disgusting, dude. I don't know why Roblox is that big. Oh, my God, I don't know what the dude. fuck is, is it with that game. Yeah, it's um, really fucking But it's weird. an entire economy almost on its own, you know? Um, yeah. But no, the thing is, so the meta thing, uh, so for people that don't quite know, the, the the article basically speaks about how Meta is just losing so many subscribers or investors, its share price is tanking, and uh, they say, or they claim, that it's because uh, Facebook or Mark Zuckerberg no longer believes in the cores of Facebook, the way that it used to be and what the business model was. So in other words, he no longer wants to be a social media company, he now wants to be a Metaverse company. Um and that scares investors. My mind is, why do I not have shares in Facebook? Simple. Because Meta wants to build something that already fucking exists. And I'm sorry, his selling point is that you'll be able to go into a meeting in the metaverse, sit there, and you'll be able to show people what you're talking about, you know, and everyone can see everyone's avatars. And I'm like, you could just make it do a video call on discord like what the fuck yes. are you talking about it, like if i like, what the fuck and here's here's the interesting thing about it too whenever whenever people get started talking about particularly mark zuckerberg's vision of the metaverse because you know different people have different visions for the metaverse and all this so i'm talking specifically about mark zuckerberg's vision for the metaverse is everybody wearing a virtual reality headset so you Think about this, right? You 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 have an office job and you're working from home and they want yep. you to basically put this fucking headset on while you are in your job. For starters, let me tell you something. It is not healthy for you to have a headset that long in front of your face. Shit, it's not even healthy for us to stare at monitors for as long as we do, let alone having yep. them bitches right inside our fucking eyelids, okay? Yeah. To get started, that is not healthy. And then on top of it, that is the last thing that I want to do, because even if it was healthy, it is extremely uncomfortable because I've done VR. I don't know if you've done VR. No. Like I have I have a PlayStation VR that I bought because I, I did a bunch of VR stuff. You know, I actually interviewed Paul Merlucky. You know who Paul Merlucky is? No. He's the guy no who, who started Oculus. All right. Yeah, I couldn't <laughs> give two fucks. It's a gimmick. Doesn't matter. Yeah, but it's also, so, so basically... I have a headset for PlayStation VR because I thought that was the most, uh, at the time that I bought it, and not only I thought, I still believe that at that time it was definitely the most developed uh, vi mm -hmm. virtual reality experience because whereas everybody was doing these experiences, PlayStation had actual fucking games that you would just like, you put on your headset, you go to the game, you play the game. So I played with it, and my experience is this. For starters, for you and me, we have glasses. This... It's like, let me tell you, everybody out there that is designing virtual reality headsets, they have a very special message for everyone that wears glasses. And their message is, fuck you, get contacts. Yep. That's their message. That's number one. 
Okay. So because like whenever you are playing in VR, like the the lens will hit up against your glasses, your glasses will hit up against your eyelids, and when they yeah. touch your eyelids, they get smudged, and then boom, everything is foggy inside the virtual reality. Fucking sucks. You have to take the helmet off, have to clean everything yeah. up, put the helmet back on. And if while you are putting the helmet back on, if for some reason you tap it lightly, bumps into your your glasses again, boom, start the whole process again. So that whole thing is terrible. On top of it, big, long fucking umbilical cable that snags onto everything, which makes virtual reality fucking miserable. Now, I know that there are some devices that you have that don't have a wire. Those usually have less fidelity. They're not as good as the ones with the wire. They have more latency, all of these problems. But fundamentally... Mm -hmm. Even if all of these things were perfect, let's just say, okay, but let's just say all of these problems are solved. Who the yeah. fuck wants to be inside virtual reality for eight hours a day while they're working? You're not talking about being inside oh. VR to play a video game. You're talking about being inside VR to do a meeting. It's like, motherfucker, yeah. I would rather do anything but that. Like, I don't understand I, it, how Mark Zuckerberg believes that, like, no, dude, people wear on this headset. It'll be great. You're going to love it. It's like his ultimate power fantasy. And you can tell that it's his ultimate power fantasy because he had that video yeah. where he showed everybody, oh, we're giving you your most requested feature, legs. And you have an audience of people in that because you don't have legs in Mark Zuckerberg's VR, in case you didn't know. So you have this audience, this virtual audience of people. None of them have legs. And then Mark Zuckerberg standing there with his legs jumping and shit. And I'm just like, bro, this is definitely your ultimate power fence. Just flex in on all the people that still don't have fucking legs in your virtual Dude. world. <laughs> I mean, what 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 bothers me about this is just that it's not. So first and foremost, if you're talking psychologically, the world that Mark Zuckerberg envisions is not a healthy world. For no. Us. We need human contact. We need yes. human interactions. If everyone lived their lives in the metaverse, human the, the suicide rate would fucking skyrocket. Like so many people would kill themselves because you don't have that the the basic thing that all humans need. Uh, I was watching a psychologist uh, just this weekend, actually, Jonathan Haidt. And uh, he made this incredible discussion. Uh, like he's talking about why the younger generation, specifically Gen Z, why they're so incredibly fragile, they, why uh, everyone gets canceled so incredibly quickly if they say anything that's bad. Um, and he said, so human beings have what we call slow growth. We grow incredibly quickly up until like the age of five. By the age of five, your brain is like 90% developed, at least in terms of size. And then from the age of five to like almost 25, you grow up until the age of like 25 you're still growing and the reason it takes us so long is because we are the only mammal that can be considered a cultural creature we're not societal creatures we're cultural creatures in so far as the way in which we interact with other members of our species is so incredibly nuanced so we learn through things like play going outside and playing with other kids. We learn about democracy. What game are we going to be playing today? 
we learn about infringements, right? So, oh my God, you just did this thing to me. Was that on purpose or was that by accident? If it's by accident, I have to forgive you because it was an accident. But if it's on purpose, we have to figure out how to punish you, right? And we learn this by just doing it over and over again. That human interaction is so important. But Gen Z grew up on their phones. They didn't go outside because everyone was too afraid to send their kids outside because of crime and kidnapping and all that shit. So Gen Z never went outside. They all grew up on their phones. So now when you say something to them, they immediately feel offended. They feel like it's on purpose. Fuck you. You have to be canceled. They don't know anything about deciding things as a group. Instead, everything is decided by them because they grew up alone, which is just showing you the incredible like harm being done from human beings not having the ability to interact with other human beings. Mark Zuckerberg wants to create this world in which, I mean, he was talking about it the other day, where they're designing VR headsets for kids. And, and you know, so kids can go to kindergarten, but in VR. It's like, dude, what the fuck are you actually talking about? Jesus children Christ. need other children. We need to get into fights. We need to get into arguments. It's dystopian, we need to dude. It is. But that's the world that he fucking dreams of. And you know it is because Bill Gates the other day went on television and said that, uh, yeah, we really need to start locking down for climate change. We need to have times during the month where people are not allowed to leave their homes because climate change is the biggest threat to humanity ever. And it's like, okay, the reason they want to do that, again, is because they want people in the metaverse. They don't want people to actually interact with each other. Bill Gates is like, there's too many people outside. I, I want to have less yeah. people outside so that I can just like chill outside. So they want to lock everybody. And mo most of these millionaires are actually like that. They're like, let's just lock everybody in their homes and then we can have the outside world all for ourselves. Let's put everybody in these cues. everyone's in VR, they won't see how much oh. money I'm stealing in the real world. Like, like, that's dude. effectively what it boils down to, right? It's so fucking bad, but it's just like, it's just a terrible concept to begin with. And to be honest, I'm like, you know what? I'm happy, dude, because I don't fucking like Facebook, dude. So fuck Facebook, fuck Meta. Like, I haven't logged on to Facebook in like so much fucking time. I don't even remember how many yeah, years I've it's been. Like, look, Facebook is a fucking scumbag company. Mark Zuckerberg is a fucking scumbag. And, you know, his version of the metaverse is a fucking dystopian future that I want yeah. no fucking part of. So the only reason I log into headsets. Facebook, the only reason I log into Facebook is because you have to log into Facebook to get into Instagram. Yeah, I don't so, do Instagram either. Uh, Fuck them both. Fuck it. I have Instagram, but only for gym pictures once a month. So once a month, people get like one picture you of me in the post, gym. And I only that do that shit on because... Twitter. Post that shit on Twitter, post it on I've YouTube. I've already started it on Instagram, and that's how I track how much weight I'm losing. <laughs> I take a picture on Instagram, and I'm like, oh, I'm losing weight. Great. <laughs> like, anyway. I don't do anything else on Instagram, but yeah. Yeah. That, that uh, whole thing is, uh, is a fucking piece of shit. Anyways, um, yeah. what are you working on? You said you were going to play World of Warcraft this weekend. You didn't. I'm, call I'm, calling, that, uh, I'm calling that in. What the fuck happened? Yeah, I, I, I had this itch the to play, play Dragon, Dragon Age Inquisition. I want to finish it because I'm, I think I'm right at the end of the game, but I want to finish it because everyone says the story is amazing. And to be fair, the story is amazing. Um, so I really want to finish Dragon Age Inquisition. And apart from that, I'm just sort of like doing whatever the fuck, right? Uh, streaming, reacting to content. Yeah. 
that's basically that's basically it for me. Um, what are you currently busy with? Dude, I started playing God of War yesterday on my stream because I want to play God of War Ragnarok nice. when that comes out. And I'm trying to like yeah. relive the original story because I fuck. I mean, the, by the original, I mean the 2008 uh, version of it because oh, I yeah. love that game. And it was fucking amazing. It's, it, it is one of those games that considering that it's been four years, that game has aged like some fine fucking wine. That game is so good. You're talking story. about God of War 3? No, God of War 2018. God of War 1. The 2018 Wait. version, the one that came for PlayStation 4. Yeah, 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 but it's kind of God of War 3, isn't it? No, it's like God of War 4. 3 actually exists. Oh, yeah, there yeah. is a God of War 3. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that I, one's I kind of like God, God of War, War 1. Yeah. I played God of War 1, 2, and 3. It was PlayStation 2, I think, back in the day. Yes. Yeah, I played that. I loved it. Uh, I never finished God of War 4 or whatever. Uh, Wait, did you I play it? And did you play it? Never finished it. Yeah, yeah, I just never finished it. So you and played then, the PC version because you don't have a PlayStation, right? Oh, no, no, you do, I have, you, you I do have, have a PlayStation. PlayStation. Never yeah, mind. Yeah, I have a PlayStation 4. Uh, I just will never buy the PlayStation 5 because my PlayStation 4 currently is just a glorified Google box. Oh, shit. Nice. Yeah. Fucking nice. I was at the launch event in Portugal. It was fucking awesome. Easy, bro. <laughs> nice. No, I, I, I should play it because I have a viewer that gifted it me. So I should absolutely play it at some point. I, dude, I can, really I, I, it's very easy to recommend for me. Like, the story is good. The gameplay is amazing. I fucking love yeah. it. And I just got... Uh, I should play this as well, but I don't know when the fuck I'm going to get time because tomorrow... Uh, Plague Tale Requiem comes out. Oh, snap. so gonna be playing the fuck out of that. And I just got invited to Dark Tide closed beta. Um, time to get that fucking Warhammer fix. Yeah, which I know a lot of my viewers want to see, so I have to play the closed beta at some point as well. I don't even know how long the closed beta is gonna last for. Uh, so that's a whole thing that I need to do. Uh. So yeah, I've got so many things that I need to do and no time to do it in. <laughs> Fuck that's, my that's life. The con that's the content creator lifestyle. But anyways, guys, that is going to be it for this uh, episode of the Frozen Sodium Throne. If you guys enjoyed it, hit it up with a like. Uh, it really helps out. Subscribe, bell notification icon, links to all of Akalon's stuff in the description below. We'll see you guys in the next one. Stay strong, stay safe. Peace out. Peace.